Welcome to the Avatar program. Soon, you're going to have a chance to undertake an amazing Navi rite of passage, flying on the back of this powerful animal called an Ekron, or as we call it, a podcast. There are thousands of Disney podcasts on the internet, and this is one of them. I'm Jake. I'm Josh. I'm Jordan. And you're listening to... And tonight, after two weeks of closure, give or take a year, Disneyland has reopened. Disney Wish has been unveiled, not to be confused with Disney Wishes, Wish Upon a Star, or Make-A-Wish Foundation. Main topic, full disclosure... Of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Wait, did I put disclosure? Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't read. It, oh, it first says, of all. It totally says discussion, <laughs> but mine sounded way better. I mean, it wasn't wrong. That's the, that's the thing. No, no, no. I just saw the D and <laughs> filled it in with another D. <laughs> you saw the D. All right. <laughs> first of all, I want to say... Josh, thank you. That's probably the best intro notes I've ever written, and you pulled it off, so... They were okay. No, I said the best I've ever written. Yeah, and I'm just letting you know they were okay. Yeah, but the bar was really low, Josh. Yeah, and you just lowered it. No, I... I kind of squeaked under it. No, I stepped over it. I don't know what I did. It was a good intro. Guys, before we get into anything, I have fantastic news. Ready? Uh, yeah. Is it about Dogecoin? No. Oh. I am sick. Of this podcast? No. I love this podcast. You guys are my favorite people in the world, yeah. Jordan. Uh, but. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> I have a sore throat. I have a cough. And you know why this is fantastic news? I know exactly what it's not. <laughs> is it allergies? And the, and I'm sure it's 100% allergies. It's either that or a minor cold. I don't know, but it makes me happy. Well, have like you I said, in... what? I, I was trying to make a, a a mine worker joke, but but miners and miners are yeah, it w- it would have been not funny. Good, <laughs> but. Had this happened, I don't know, three to four weeks ago, I would have been terrified right now. But I'm feeling good. I'm my, sick. My sinuses are fucking clear right now. Drink a yeah, mine are, hot mine sauce. Too. <laughs> uh, what did you guys do over the weekend? Uh, oh, dude. So Sunday morning, I gotta tell you before we tell you what we did. Sunday morning... I woke up, Wait, stumbled down the stairs. Something happened after what happened. Did you, uh... <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, so Sunday morning, I woke up, stumbled downstairs, got me a big glass of water, you had a cup of coffee, cup of ambition. <laughs> stumbled back upstairs, looked at myself in the mirror, and said, "Oh, I need to brush my beard." So I brushed my beard, and the beard got the brush got caught like like hard caught, 
And dude, I just pulled out a glob of barbecue sauce, probably the size of a dime. Uh, well, we'd, it'd be great if we knew the first part of the story. No, I'm, it, it just makes it worth it to you guys. Fuck everyone else. All right. Okay. First of all, oh, oh man, I forgot the director's name. Who did, like, I forgot the movie name. Shit. Fiction? No. Or Nothing's in Order? Yeah, but that, but the other guy that does that. Christopher Nolan? Yes, the one. All right, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> It would have been funny if you remember Brian, the first time. Brian just screamed at you through the <laughs> other end of his podcast machine. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sick. I'm just going to use that as an excuse. <laughs> it's my I first mean, day. I mean, I'm completely of sound mind, but if I, if I mess up this episode, I'm just going to say it's because I'm sick. I'm so... No, overdosed on anyway, Saturday, Saturday night, Jordan came over and we made uh, Sweet uh, love. chicken nuggies and uh, dinosaur nuggies and uh, <laughs> french fries and tater tots and beignets and had barbecue sauce and hot sauce. Hold on, Josh, did you give Jordan hot sauce? Uh, I was not going to give him some. He said, throw some on my plate. And so I did. Yeah, I went for it. Jordan. Listen, I'm not proud of myself. And to be honest with you, it actually wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. It definitely wasn't as bad as uh, the one chip challenge looked. Oh, dude, that was bad. That I'm still going to do that again next year. But you also had that beer from Monday Night Brewing that, oh, that it was a sour. I can't remember what it was called, but it you, you took a picture like of how it. the Polynesian smells. It, I did take a picture of it. I guess I took it my phone. Wait, did you just say it tastes how the Polynesian smells? Yeah, it was yes. amazing. It was like a it was a lemongrass something sour, and it wasn't overly sour. Yeah, like, it's uh, it's called Hopeful Wisdom, and it's a golden sour ale with orange peel and lemongrass. Yeah, from from Monday Night Brewing. It was good. It was really good. Like, seriously, good. Man, if only you guys would have got this on video and we could throw up an episode of Hot Sauce Heathen. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's getting there. (laughs) What was it? Hopeful something? Which is uh, hopeful, hopeful wisdom. I was expecting so much more enthusiasm about that, and then it didn't happen. <laughs> Listener, they did get it on video, and there will be a new episode of Hot Sauce Heathen coming up. Yay! No, not you. <laughs> the other listener. We have two viewers right now. Who are you? Show yourselves, Jillian. <laughs> it's getting very predictable in here. <laughs> Guys, we have a lot of show to get through today, so can, can we just, okay. is, this, is this a good time to talk, talk some Disney? Yeah, we might as well. Okay, let's do this. All right. All right. Guys, did you hear about this? Uh, D- Disneyland is open. Like, that, uh, I, there's nothing more to say about that. Just D- Disneyland is open. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And how is it? It looks good. Good. Like 400 and something days, it was closed. Like, just for like a, literally over a year, almost a year and two months, Disneyland was closed. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and the prior record to that was what? Three days. I mean, this is. Right? I thought. I thought that was. I thought that was Disney World. I thought Disneyland's record was three days, right after 9-11. Disney World, there was a hurricane last year, year before. No, Irma. And Disney World was closed for three days during Irma. So, technically, this is the second longest that Disneyland has not been open. Because prior to this, it was not open for like six billion years or something, however old the universe is. (laughs) I feel like this is a weird technicality. (laughs) (laughs) You know, from from the Big Bang to 1955, Disneyland was not open. This is, and then again from last March to last Friday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, good job, Disneyland. Yeah, and so they're operating at 25% capacity. When I was at Disney World, it was 35%. And it was probably freaking amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, I was watching TikTok videos and live streams over the weekend, and it's just like 25% capacity at Disneyland looks amazing. And, well, yeah, and like Disneyland is like fucking tiny, so that's not very many people. Yeah, like 10-minute wait on Space Mountain. Jesus, really? Yeah. And the cool part was, this made me really happy, uh, on Friday, the, 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 the day that it opened, like, Bob Iger was just out there amongst the crowds taking pictures like a tourist. Uh, who, who's, the, who's this? Didn't that cut, that turned into a, a meme pretty quickly. Did it? On, on Twitter, yeah. So the, the, the picture of Bob Iger holding his phone That's up, the one! Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was two pictures. So they would post that picture of Bob Iger, and then the next picture would just be representative of whatever he was taking a picture of. <laughs> and some of them were actually really, really. <laughs> I, I missed all of that. And now I need to go back and look. And then uh, who's the super dreamy guy that's the head of parks and resorts now? Oh, Damaro. <laughs> Josh Damaro. Yeah, he was out there mingling with people. Seems like a cool dude. I will. Well, speaking of Josh, I got to keep my name. Apparently, if you didn't go to the Josh fight, you got to keep your name. I didn't vote for you. I didn't know we were voting. <laughs> I didn't know a vote was a fight. <laughs> well, yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't until this last year. <laughs> mm. uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Disneyland open. That's. That's all I got. It looks really cool, and you can only go if you live in California. So that's neat. I'll live vicariously through Californians <laughs> for the time being. As you've always done with Disneyland. Yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> Next up in Disney news, uh, during a time when there are no cruises going out at all from this country, Disney decided to announce their newest cruise ship, the Disney Wish. And it looks great. Yeah, Chelsea told me about it. I guess she woke up and watched the entire 35-minute video on her phone while she was still in bed. She was she was texting me texting me snapshots of of the video. And I, I watched the video. Well, I take it back. I had the video playing. I didn't pay attention to it as much as I probably should have. But I did catch uh, a handful of interesting information about the disney wish but it's not it's still being constructed it's not it's not even on the water yet so it's 
It's uh, getting, I think they said that you can book, you can book your cruise starting in May, but it's not uh, ready to set sail until June of next year. Yeah. So. Nice. And some of the things of note on it, because I kind of breezed through the video too. It it was a busy weekend between Disneyland and the Disney Wish, and I kind of favored Disneyland in most of my perusings. But on the Disney Wish in the kids' areas, they have like simulator rides, like they used to have at a uh, Disney Quest. I mean, they're not exactly the same, but they look smaller. Like, like build your own roller coaster? No, like sit in this and you're gonna ride Big Thunder Mountain, <laughs> like ride our roller coaster. What really? Um, yeah. I mean, that's Dude, what badass. That's what it was in the concept art. How the final product will be, I have no idea, but. Yeah, the kids get simulator rides on the cruise ship, so that's neat. Stuck on Small World the entire freaking cruise. <laughs> yeah, it's the happiest cruise that ever sailed, so why are you complaining? <laughs> kids come back just... <laughs> no. <laughs> and then another part that was cool was... So that they, they have the water slide roller coaster thing around going around the top deck again just like yeah. the aqueduct on the other ships but this one has show scenes oh i thought you were gonna say it has a loop <laughs> i mean it might now when i say show scenes i, I looked into this because i was like what what it's screens but it's like the mickey mouse from the current mickey mouse shorts and as you're going up the lift hill there's stuff going on around you on screens with Mickey Mouse and stuff. It looks really neat. So yeah. what I want to know is, do they have a baby Groot walking around? Not yet, but possibly soon. Because <laughs> that thing is like creepily badass. And like I saw the Jordan, did you see the baby Groot animatronic? Uh, yes, I have seen the baby Groot animatronic, and that thing looks. Really, really cool. Like uh, that. By the so, way, hold so on. Let me go back one. Close that to the water slide was called Aqua Mouse. Yes. By the way. Ah, nice. So we're just we're getting closer to the point where you ride Pirates of the Caribbean and the pirates kill you. Wait. <laughs> this is the plot of another theme park based movie that I've seen. Huh. What's the name of it? I can't remember. Uh the... Captain Phillips, the ride. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? Captain Phillips, the ride. Oh. <laughs> he was almost killed by pirates, right? Fuck it's it, dark, man. <laughs> I dark like it. Man, the ride? Can we go with that? I, I, I feel Mason. like... No, I oh, feel like Captain Phillips might be a happier ride. But only if Tom Hanks is in it. That's the only way I'll accept it. <laughs> Isn't that the guy that Walt Disney played? Yeah. And he was friends with Fred Rogers. So, there's there's that. What the hell were we just talking about? Oh, hey. yeah, the, the Baby Groot animatronic. So, we're, like... Josh, I know me and you saw it. And Jordan, did, Jordan, did you ever see Lucky the Dinosaur? The first walk-around nope. animatronic? Oh, yeah. I forgot about Lucky the Dinosaur. But, but he, didn't, he wasn't able to balance himself. That's why he was pulling a cart. Right. And, like, all those controls and systems were in the cart, too. Yeah. So we've gone from Lucky the Dinosaur to just a baby Groot that walks around and... 
In fact, I don't think Lucky actually walked. I think the cart just rolled and his legs moved. That is entirely possible. Anyway, sorry. Did we take off? Oh, anyway. Uh, that's all I had. And right after I wrote the notes for tonight, there was one more bit of news that came out today. And it was in our text thread, so I hope everybody saw it. Did you see the new the Marvel trailer? Marvel trailer? The one, the one that, uh, the one that's pretty much a trailer for the entirety of Phase Four. Yes. Yes. Text I did see it. Didn't you send it? Who sent it? I thought Josh sent it. Oh, I thought it was just a picture of the freaking um, Black Panther title. It is. It's just a picture. What I sent was just a picture of the Black Panther title. Or what kind oh, of? Oh no! Trailer? Like there's, there's like a whole three minute trailer about the entirety of. Phase four. In the one I sent? No. It's just a picture. I'm clicking on it. It just <laughs> No, but Yeah, I'm not I'm not <laughs> saying the one that you sent. I'm, I'm saying okay. that there is a trailer for the entirety of phase four. <sighs> okay. <coughs> anyway, sorry, I keep having to mute to cough. So it's okay. We uh, appreciate that. Thanks. So in this trailer, uh you guys just touched on it. Two of the Phase 4 movies got official titles, which up until this morning, they were called Captain Marvel 2 and Black Panther 2. Mm-hmm. But now, we got Black Panther Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. which, guys, let's just admit that that movie's going to make us all cry. I just know it. Dude, I, yeah. I'm pretty stoked about it. So apparently... Um, I'm already crying. Kid- Killmonger, the guy that plays played Killmonger is back in it as Killmonger. So I'm wondering if it's like flashback scenes or if he survived or what. I we guess watch find him out die. in a year. Yeah, we watched him die. And so and then oh, uh, Ant Man's got a name. Ant Man Wasp Quantum Mania. Wait, it already. Yeah, yeah, that that one already had it. Yeah, that it just they already announced a, that a while ago. Yeah. And then the other one, uh, Captain Marvel two, is now called the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Which has me very excited because we've got Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and whoever Monica Rambeau is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 007. Thank you very much. Well, not in this continuity. Uh, and, and, you know, I got to say Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that name really surprised me. Why? I, I was just wasn't expecting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I mean, the second one was Volume Two, so the natural progression of things. <laughs> also, I kind of feel like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is technically the fourth Guardians of the Galaxy because most of them are going to be in Thor: Love and Thunder. No, that that's just going to be Guardians Two Point Five. No, as that's Guardians, the, as that's Guardians the, of the Galaxy. And then at the very end of the trailer, I missed this the first time, and by reading internet comments, I had to go back and watch it. They technically announced Fantastic Four. Yeah, did you not see the big four that was made? Oh, I saw the big four, but I was like, yay, phase four! And then I realized by reading the comments that that was literally the Fantastic Four logo. Mm -hmm. I'm an idiot. (laughs) So, yeah. No more speculation. Fantastic Four is part of Phase Four. My guess is where it landed in the trailer. Now this is back to my speculation. Uh, that's going to be the last movie of Phase Four, and that's going to introduce obviously the Fantastic Four and probably 
the big baddie for moving forward for whatever the next saga is. Well, I know that um, what's his face. Uh, I don't. I don't know the guy's the guy's name, but I know he's the guy from Lovecraft Country. You know, you know. It was announced last year that he signed on to be Kang, who's going to be one of the big baddies. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That seems like forever ago. But but Kang also has ties to a lot of like you know Avengers, Fantastic Four, like that whole side of Marvel. So we. It wouldn't surprise me if Kang showed up in multiple stories. Yeah. Well, what about Galactus? Could he be the big baddie? I mean, it, it would be ballsy to use Galactus again since they already used him in the really terrible Fantastic Four two movie. Mm, I don't, yeah, think, it, I don't think it'd be. I don't think it would be ballsy. I think it would be appropriate, but I don't know if he'll be the end all be all. I'm still just mad at what they did to him. <laughs> He's a cloud. Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter with like those those movies don't count anymore. So they did have Chris have Chris Evans in them, right? You know, Eos Eons Eos. What's the planet in the Guardians Two? Ego. Ego. Yeah, gave birth to a U.S. agent. What? Yeah. No. Well, no, he didn't give birth, but he spawned him. <laughs> Are we talking? His wife birthed him. I don't. In what the comic Wyatt, books? Wyatt Russell is Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell's the character or the guy that played Ego in the. Oh. Movie. Okay, Josh, that was terrible. I ban you from talking for the next second. All right, your punishment's okay. over. How was it? <laughs> eh, I'll probably do it again. Uh, okay, but I feel like that's a pretty. Uh, is, are we done with news? I, I got nothing else, but I really want to get into the main topic. That felt like a fantastic segue. I got this Boba Fett. That is awesome. Yeah. Is it's not old man Fett, is it? No, it's Return of the Jedi Fett. <clears throat> man, now now I just now I just want a freaking redneck Boba Fett in 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 overalls named Boba. No, I won't. Got, got, got a piece of wheat hanging out of his helmet. I got this Captain, hey, America. Captain America. Yeah, I do. Ooh. Which leads us into our main topic. Guys, I, we promised it last week, and then Jordan was busy, and I didn't want to do this without Jordan. No, like, that's not calling you out, Jordan. This is why we waited for you. It's time to discuss the entirety of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. Alright, I'm in. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in too. So when, when when does season two come out? That's all I want to know. I think season two is going to be Captain America four. <laughs> this is correct. Oh. Okay, I'm fine with that too. Yeah. As like, well, there is going to be more. But okay, let's let's start from the beginning, guys. I loved it. Yeah. It was yeah. It was, it was great. Like it what? Was a great show. Going into it, like when when it was announced and everything, and just based off uh, Sam and Bucky's relationship in Civil War, uh, I thought I was going into like some sort of buddy cop kind of movie where they don't like each other. And then it went real deep, real fast on serious issues that I was not expecting. 
I'm not against it. I'm glad they did. We'll get into that. I feel like we need to save all the like important issues and things towards the end. And let's cover the things we liked and disliked about it up front. Uh, I, okay, the things we liked. I, I, there's not much I didn't dislike that I wasn't supposed to dislike. I, I mean, I feel like if I had to pick anything about disliking is that I wish it would have been a little bit longer. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of mad that I only got six episodes. Yeah. It, it, no, I, I completely agree with that. It's, but the thing is, I felt the same about WandaVision. I, I just, when it was all done, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt the same about both of these. And, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier, each episode was almost an hour long. So, we got, we got like, a three-hour movie out of this thing. Yeah. But I, 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 I could have still gotten more. Wait, so, a six-hour yeah. movie? <laughs> For some reason... No, so, hold on. So, no, I need to explain myself. Hold on. When I said an hour long... My brain instantly reverted back to half hour. <laughs> and so my brain was like, hey, yeah, we got six half hour episodes. That's three hours. And I'm dumb. <laughs> anyway, so we got like a six hour movie and could have gone longer. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I, I was definitely disappointed that Emphis Nest died. Who? The girl from Solo. <laughs> Kyrie Morgenthau. <laughs> the girl that plays the same character in everything I've seen her in. Good. You've seen her in two things. Yes. And she played the same I, I was, character. I was really hoping that she would have at least some redemption arc that would lead into the next series. But no, she's dead. I, I had a feeling she was going to die. Like I heard her death was going to I knew was going to trigger some kind of uh important series of events and i think that you saw that at the oh, end of the last yeah, she, episode she, she's totally gonna be made a martyr now right and well i mean that's also the her death is where it's revealed that sharon carter is the the power broker mm-hmm. right and then right. and then uh, you know as we see at the end of the episode she gets all of her charges dropped and forgiven and is pretty much handed her job back, and then immediately he's like, nope, <laughs> double-crossing America. So, so <laughs> uh, on, while we're on that, let's let's speculate on that for a second. Do you think that's what's going to lead into Armor Wars? Uh, I think Armor Wars. Because, like, now she has all... That, that's the name of the show, right? Uh, I have a feeling it might lead into Secret Wars. Oh. <laughs> or the Secret Invasion. See, I was that's thinking... What... I didn't even think about that. I was thinking Armor Wars just because she has access to, like, the armor stuff. I'm very simplistic in my thinking. <laughs> so there was, uh, you know, there was some speculation on the internet that Sharon Carter might actually be a scroll. Might actually be, and she, you know, her her character is uh, posing as, as Sharon Carter. Hmm. That's a to, possibility. So I like that. So so I thought that Elaine was the power broker the whole time. Yeah, I think everybody kind of thought she was gonna be the power broker. I have a feeling that she's probably working with the power broker. Okay. In some facets. Uh I don't I feel like we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Do you do you, like do you want to take this episode through episode? Oh, I, I I've got ADD, so <laughs> um 
Yeah, no, well, let's... Because here's how it stands in my mind. Like, I feel like the first three episodes we could talk about as one, because that was kind of the setup. Okay. And then it was episode four where shit went down, Okay, right? yeah, that's fine with me. So, like, episode one through three, like, we're, we're, we're making ties to the characters. Uh, we get, int- at the end of episode one, we get introduced to John Walker, the new Captain America. And right away, me and you guys and the rest of the world, something's off about him in that first shot at the end of episode one, right? He, he looked like young Carl from Up, dressed as Captain America. And I think that's something they did on purpose. I think that we weren't supposed to feel comfortable with him. And rightly so. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Not Carl. He's kind of a dick. Carl was kind of nice. But then he got Carl old was and... kind of a dick, too. Well, really. no, he got old and bitter. Yeah, I'd still call that kind of a dick. No, he eventually... No, never mind. You know, anyway. You, Jake. Well, I, I... So there are some things that happened within the first couple of episodes that I thought were very interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm thinking this way without having seen the rest of the series. And I think I even mentioned this on an episode before where so this the show starts it's six months after uh, after the events of Endgame. So everybody who has been gone for five years has been back for six months. And mm-hmm. obviously things are still kind of chaotic. Um, and <coughs> or fucked up. Sam's uh, Sam's family in Louisiana kind of hurting and they're going to sell uh, or his sister is going to sell the I guess their their family shrimping boat which is kind of like the whole part of like the big family business and it's it's too important to give up but they really don't have a choice but Sam thinks that he can you know I don't want to say I don't want to say the word weasel but I feel like Sam is like hey I'm an Avenger I've got Avengers clout with me Somebody's mm-hmm. not going to turn me down to give me a loan. So we, if we go in together, they'll see who I am, and we'll get a bank loan to fix this, to fix the boat. And so there's a scene in the first episode where Sam and his sister go, and they talk to a bank a banker, and the banker is like completely starstruck with Sam, and he's like, take you know, taking unsolicited selfies with. Didn't even ask Sam if he would, would you mind taking a picture with me or anything just kind of started going for it and sam's obviously okay quote unquote okay with it because he's about to ask for a big favor and sam's like uh yeah i'm an avenger hey picture blah 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 oh hey by the way i need a bank loan my sister and i need a bank loan and then the banker just does his thing on the computer and said well you don't have any you don't have any uh proof of income for five years and so i can't give you a bank loan and Sam's rebuttal was, well, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but half the people in the world didn't exist for five years. So that's why I have no proof of income for five years. Right. And he's like, on top of that, like all the money I make are government contracts. And and the guy was like, yeah, no, I can't do anything about it. And I thought to myself, like. In the context of the MCU, how fucked up is it that. These governments, or at least this government, the American government, didn't have something put in place to help and aid all of these people who just suddenly re-exist, started to re-exist. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a weird thing because I can only imagine, like, just 
the country's not even the country. It's like probably even the world's economy just going ridiculously bonkers because of all these people that just started to reexist. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was really weird that one, even if he wasn't an Avenger, he didn't like the bank was like, we can't do anything because you didn't exist for five years. So you're pretty much like effed in the A. Right. But even the fact that he was an Avenger <laughs> and didn't exist for five years is kind of like a double whammy. And I thought to myself, you're telling me a guy who fought for the government to keep the world, literally the entire world safe, can't get a measly loan for, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars? Yeah, like, like we weren't talking, it wasn't even a mortgage. It was a exactly what you're saying, right. tens of thousands of dollars. And it's like... This guy was on a team of people that literally should never have to sh- legally shouldn't have to work another day in their entire life. Right. Right. Um, like they didn't save the world. They saved the universe. Right. And I, I thought that that was such a weird thing. But I guess obviously you need some kind of drama to so like whatever. Uh, but but then they kind of it, they kind of touched on it. In episode three with like the was it the global repatriation program or whatever. But that was just a front to get to get uh, the aristocracy more money and still screw over all of the poorer people or the the people like that. I guess poorer people for lack of a better phrase. But um but that that money wasn't going to where it needed to go to help people out is what I'm what I'm getting at. So which which is why people like uh, Kyrie Morgenthau, Carly, yeah, Carly. That's I thought. Why do I keep saying Kyrie? Carly Morgan Morgenthau keeps like that's that's why her movement starts to take take off is because people are fed up with that the governments aren't helping them. And it's right. and it starts to become about classes or classicism, right? Like it starts to become like um, no, you're not you're not helping the people of of your or I guess the the lower income people of your governments or or um, mm-hmm. I guess countries. This this all just sounds familiar. We're well, no, guys. it's it's obviously very topical, right? It, I mean, they <laughs> pull it out of nowhere. Like, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's important for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this, this touched a nerve um, for a reason. But this is also why the flag smashers start to the the flag smasher movement starts to gain prominence is because they are now like the freedom fighters for the for the voice. They are the voice for the voiceless. Mm-hmm. Problem is that Carly doesn't go about it the way she probably should. And there was like even one of the episodes, Sam, who finally gets some like you know one on one time with Carly to talk it over. He's like, yes, she, I, I agree. With right? You. Yeah. He's like, you're right. I agree with you. I just don't agree with the means in which you're attaining your you're trying to attain your victory because at that point she had murdered people. Right. Right. She blew up that building. Yeah. Right. So let's put a pin in this for a second. And I want to kind of go back to what Josh was talking about with, with uh, John Walker. And I thought this was another weird flex is at the end of episode one, the, uh, you know, the U.S. government hypes up the return of Captain America. This is your new Captain America. And then 
this dude just walks out with the shield, the actual Captain America shield that the American government swindled Sam Wilson out of, right? What's up, Josh? So I got something to say about John Walker. Okay. One of the big takeaways I have with him is that uh, <clears throat> he is a re- returned soldier uh-huh. that has some severe repressed PTSD. Of course, like, and I, I'm, yeah, yeah, and, I'm totally and so, that. But, 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 well, so I'm, I'm just saying that, like, like this show is so full of our a lot of our current social commentary, like oh, a lot yeah. of it. Yes, yes. So I, I just wanted to throw that in there. But, no, and, yeah. and to and to 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 kind of piggyback <laughs> off you, I actually have a lot of personal beef with uh, the current armed uh, current services and armed forces, where like whenever you. You, the general, you join the armed forces. You have to go to boot camp. They, they, I mean, you know, Josh. They, you go in, they deprogram you, and then they reprogram you for what they need you to do. I, I won't put it that way. I definitely won't put it that way. But when you go to boot camp, they they make you into what the American, the army or the navy or the military need you to be. Right? They build you up and to be a certain. Well, way. well they, they break the yes. individual and then build a team. Is is that's the whole purpose of it. right? But right, they right. do that. Okay, right, so right. My my point being though is that whenever you are discharged, whether it be honorably or dishonorably, or maybe your your time in the military just expires, right? Mm-hmm. And and all of these uh, servicemen or these soldiers now have to become civilians. There's not a lot of deprogramming, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of the, I think this PTSD comes from, or that's where a lot of soldiers get PTSD because it's like you you now have to rejoin society as a civilian. So, side note, um, there are those pro- programs totally available, totally okay. now. Wait, can I just point out that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jake. like you're, you're no. I'm just going off what you're both saying. Like you're both right. And this actually ties into the MCU because everything you got, you're both saying is literally Sam's arc in Civil War. He was that guy bringing people Ooh. back, you know. De- definitely, but but I just want to say that the U.S. military does have programs for for people um, leaving the service. Now, whether those people's commands. Uh, you know, say, hey, you know, there's these classes that you really should take. And whether that that person knows about it, doesn't know about it, knows about it, doesn't take it, all that, that's that's a different story. Mm-hmm. The, they're there. I don't know how much they're used. I didn't use it when I left. Um, but I, I was in a position in the military where I came out with real world skills. You know, being being a soldier, you let's be honest, you don't come out with a real world world skill. You know that, but that's what the GI Bill is for. That's what these programs are for, and and the, the military does a really really shitty job of helping the ones they fucking need to help. There so, anyways, that, that's my. Uh, no, but the programs sorry. are there. <laughs> All right, maybe I had judged it a little, a little unfair. But my point being, uh, as it as as all of this reverts back to John Walker, is yes. that everybody it is well known in the MCU or in the context of the MCU at this point that 
Steve Rogers, who was Captain America, was a super soldier. He was part of the super soldier program. He had the super soldier serum. Bucky was also part of that same program. Uh, so Bucky is also a super soldier. And unbeknownst to the American public, but the American government knows that there are more super soldiers out in the world, which we'll get to here shortly. Right. My point being is that in an effort of propaganda to get America back on the side, you know, to, to I guess, get American patriotism or, or whatever, or just love of America back up, they introduce John Walker as the new Captain America. And he is given the shield that Steve Rogers gave Sam, that Sam gave to the Smithsonian because he thought that shield would have a legacy and, and a museum exhibit. But no, the American government went under Sam's nose, took the took the shield and gave it to John Walker, which is a weird flex because John Walker is just a dude. Now, granted, he was in the military and he was a heavily decorated, uh, um, you know, military officer or whatever his position was in the military. He's still not a super soldier. And I think that it's really weird. And this is also kind of what Captain America or what Steve Rogers was fighting against in Civil War. Because remember at the beginning of Civil War, whenever um, what's uh, what's his, uh, William Hurt's character, the general. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, yeah. Jo general, general Ross, Ross brought <laughs> the Sokovia Accords, dropped him and said, you know, you can you know if you sign this, you work for the American government. And then Steve Rogers had an issue with that, saying, well, if I work for the American government, then I'm not left to make up my mind as who's who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. I'm going to be the, the person that the Amer America tells me to go and destroy or kill. <coughs> and America now says who the good guys and the bad guys are. And this is kind of what they're doing with John Walker. John Walker mm -hmm. is now a Captain America that works solely for the American government. Right. He's he's not he's not resting on his morals. He's taking orders because that's what John Walker has always done is take taken orders. So right. I think it's really interesting that you see a non super soldier with this shield. And I mean, the shield represents so much within the story, right, which will which will move on shortly. But I, I just thought it was a really weird uh, move for the American government, knowing what they know about super soldiers and giving it to somebody who is just a guy. Uh, real quick, while we're on the topic, I, I, I'm kind of feeling like let, let's finish going through John Walker's arc because like so much ties to that and the parallels to the other characters that are, we're about to talk about. So like everything Jordan was just saying, oh, did Jordan freeze? Did I freeze? No, I'm good. Everybody, okay, okay. Everybody's still here on my end. All right, good. <laughs> Maybe anyway. I'm frozen. No, you're you're fine. So no, no it's really cold in here. Piggy... <laughs> huh, I'm frozen no. too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so John Walker gets the shield, and like he he believes he's Captain America, which is kind of weird because everything Jordan just said. I mean, you touched on it, but it kind of goes against everything that the Captain America character was. Like Steve Rogers. Mm -hmm. uh, like, this guy's just out there following orders. Uh, he has his teammate sidekick, which, as the story progresses, is kind of his voice of reason, come to find out. Mm -hmm. Because there comes a point... I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but there comes a point where that voice of reason is literally killed. And that's well, when John Walker 
Yeah. Uh, what Lamar or Battlestar? Hos- yeah, Lamar Hoskins. Yeah. So something to add about John Walker is what you, what you see is that like he's kind of in it and. <sighs> He's he's essentially in it for himself, right? He can't look bad because he's Captain America. And I understand that he has the weight of the title of Captain America resting on his shoulders. So he does like some pretty drastic stuff in order to not look bad. However, there's the one episode after Lamar gets killed where he chases down one of the flag smashers and homeboy just beats the dude dead with his shield and the the final shot of the episode is looking up at Captain America with the blood all over the American shield. And mm-hmm. if that was not strong allegory to to <laughs> to America, <laughs> I don't yeah. know what is, man. Like that that scene made me say holy shit out loud. Man, that that scene was fairly close to Wilson Fisk freaking beating the dude's head off in the door. Yeah. A like, little less gory, but you know, same yeah, concept. But, but think about just think about the the analogy of like America and its blood blood on its hands like that that allegory with that right. one scene yeah that's right? been the last hundred years or more <laughs> so five hundred anyway and <laughs> along with that same scene again tying into the parallels with uh between John Walker and Steve Rogers so the guy that John Walker kills with the shield he's not the guy that killed Hoskins he was just there. Yeah, he and John Walker sees that opportunity, but the move, you know, shield over the head, smashing into his neck or chest or whatever, it never actually shows it. The exact same thing that Steve did to Tony in Civil War, right? Took out, you know, shield over the head, took out the arc reactor on the Iron Man suit, Mm -hmm. but Steve stopped. He just disarmed Tony, and that was enough. Stopped, walked away, where John Walker. Obviously, did not stop in pretty much a very similar situation, and just the comparison between the two, two, you know, quote unquote Captain Americas in that same kind of situation was pretty uh, jarring. Mm-hmm. And and like and like you guys were saying, like it's, that one scene was so powerful because it made real world allegories and like callbacks in the mcu and it was just like holy crap there was so much in that last minute and a half of that episode and at that point he had taken the super soldier serum right Right. yeah so 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 like he didn't just beat the dude with the shield he 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 beat the motherfucker with the shield i mean there's a chance that guy was cut in half yeah yeah he 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 super soldier beat the dude to death with a seat with a shield Right. Um, so let's uh, temporarily put a pin in this because all everything what we're going to talk about is all going to culminate once we get to like uh, ideas or themes of the last episode. Exactly. Yes. But I do want to talk about two more people before we move on, and that's uh, the state of Bucky. And when we see, we meet Bucky for the first episode, he's seeing a therapist uh, as part of, I guess, his um, pardon. Yeah, his pardon and. The he's trying to work through a lot of that that past stress, uh, the PTSD, like, right. He's he's attempting to make amends, but he's he's kind of right. he's not doing it the way he should. Right. right. And, and still and that's a different. Type of PTSD, which which is like really cool that they're not just like. Throwing all PTSD into one group. Right. Mm-hmm. It, right. It, it, it's 
many, it affects many people differently, things. right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and all, it all, it, I, I, I don't have any PTSD. So, but I don't know. Would it be a safe assumption to say that it's, it's all based on that person's past experience? Like, obviously, <laughs> if I have PTSD, well, it would be different from if Jake had PTSD. Correct. Right. Correct. And okay. Yeah, I'd say it's a uh, uh, case by case kind of thing, right, Josh? Yeah, I mean, like mine, mine's from being in Afghanistan. You know, like right, you had mortars thrown at you, it, yeah, and, and rockets. You know, things, mm-hmm. think, think, boomy things, big boomy things. Yeah, I don't want to make light of that. I mean, I, I, I mean, I do, <laughs> so I do, but that's that's just my my way of dealing with it, right? Um. But uh, other people, um, I had a friend in Colorado that his PTSD was from a car accident. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, it I is. mean, it's, it's trauma. And trauma takes many, many, many different forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, attacked, accidents, uh, abuse, all, like, everything. Yep. Yes. Right. Well, we, we see Bucky, and he's friendly with this elderly Asian gentleman mm-hmm. close to where he lives. And it, you know, you come to find out that when when Bucky was the Winter Soldier, his son was one of the one of the people he killed. And I guess, you know, this is in Bucky's mind. This is a way of, I guess, making amends. But he still can't fully make amends because he can't bring himself to admit to this elderly gentleman that he was the one that killed his son. Right. 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 Um, and you, through the events of the show, they get, um, or, or Sam and Bucky team up to, uh, yeah, I guess essentially take down these flag smashers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's from or after, but, okay, hold on. Let me, let me back up while they're, while they're, they team up, Bucky makes it well known that he's not happy that Sam gave up. Steve Shield. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he doesn't he doesn't realize or or Bucky realizes that Sam doesn't know the weight that carries that shield and the super soldier legacy that uh is carried by that shield. So in the second episode, he takes Bucky takes Sam to meet a gentleman by the name of Isaiah Bradley, who's an African American who's who's a who's a black man. He's a black man. And he was also part of the super soldier program during World War II, uh, which alludes to a lot of... Um, Wait, was he in Yo- World War II or was he Korean? I thought he was Korean War. Korea. Was he Korean? Was yeah, he Korea? Yeah. I thought it was World War II. Yeah, no, it was, yeah, he's, it was too, Korea. He's, he's too young to be World War II. They said something about it. I don't remember <laughs> Yeah, where. yeah, he, he, they said it. But even then, like, I mean, if you're a super soldier, you age so much slower. Yeah. Right, so, right. E- either way, either way, the... Point being is that whenever Isaiah Bradley talks about all the experiment experimentation that was done on him, it's very reminiscent of the actual laboratory experiments that happened to African American men in World War II, like all the Tuskegee, uh, Tuskegee experiments, right? Yeah. Um, so is that where we developed our own strain of meth? What? Uh... <laughs> Never mind. So, <laughs> so, so you, you hear Isaiah's side of the story, and he's not happy. Like, for all intents and purposes, he is dead. 
and he wants the world to think he's dead. But he also doesn't want to talk to Sam or Bucky. And this is like the first part of the and I, I don't want to say the first part of the story because I maybe I'm I'm a middle aged white guy. So maybe I just didn't pick up on these cues earlier. But that's like the first major part of the story where it starts to become about race. Like the like the, there's the theme of race. Right. And and how the um and how certain governments treat certain people of color, uh, specifically America, and the legacy of um, the the um, past trauma that um, the black community has suffered over the last literally five hundred years of this country. Holy um, shit! From, I just from, I just looked at the Tuskegee experiment. Yeah, yeah. Put a pin in that though. Like, well, that that'll be an after. That'll be an after podcast conversation. Well, now I feel bad at making light of it. Sorry. <laughs> so um, it's, um, but basically, I what what the gist for Isaiah is that he's a super soldier, and he was used the way that the American government is attempting to use John Walker and wanted to use Captain America. But the problem is that even though he got dropped over enemy lines and saved people. He was punished for it because he's a black man, right? Because at the during the uh, what's that, Jake? Oh, I just wanted to say, just back, put like, th- hold on to what you're saying. Just backing up just for a second. Uh, the way that he participated in the super, they, they didn't tell him it was the super soldier program. He said they yeah, thought he, they were getting tetanus shots. Yeah, yeah. So he was, like, he was forced. Yeah, there was no volunteer like Steve did. So I just wanted to bring that up. Okay, carry on. So he oh, dropped no, over like, enemy lines. Yeah, no, and and basically, like he he did what the American government wanted him to do, but instead of praising him, he was locked up and imprisoned because, um, you know, if if word got out that a, a black man was doing this, uh, it would be like the fate, like like at the time during the Cold War, saying the saying the phrase "Black Captain America" would have just sent like would have, like. Would have just sent an even bigger wave of racism throughout the throughout the America, right? Mm-hmm. So they they hid that. The American government hid that. They hid the fact that a black man did all this, uh, did all of the, I guess, quote unquote, good stuff. The heroic for, stuff. Yeah, the heroic stuff I mean, for the country of America. Right, and one of his, one of Isaiah's stories was the exact same story that uh, Steve did in World War Two that he got praised for. He went across enemy lines to a POW camp and saved all his friends. Like they couldn't let it out that he was the hero and exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I, I, and then I think uh, also one of the first parts that, that made me think that the show was going to have uh, big themes on race was the, the scene walk, this specific scene, this was actually filmed in Atlanta in downtown Atlanta when they were walking up to, uh, to Isaiah's house mm-hmm. and that that kid on the side of the road goes hey aren't you the black falcon and he's like and, and Sam goes no I'm just the falcon he's like yeah the black falcon he's like what you just think that because I'm a black man that I'm the black falcon no I'm just the falcon so <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you black kid yeah yeah <laughs> and then the kid and then the kid just kind of like shrugs it off and you know like yeah but that scene specifically I found out 
was filmed in downtown Atlanta, and in the foreground, or the background, is the birthplace of Martin Luther King Jr. Really? Yeah, I didn't see it at first, and I went. I need to go back and rewatch. I still haven't rewatched it a second time, but a friend of mine was like, "No, like that shot was on purpose." Wow. So I was like, "Man, I can't believe I didn't recognize that street because I've been down that street hundreds of times." Uh huh. But yeah, I, I thought that was that was pretty clever. So, and then we, you know, we revisit Isaiah Bradley a couple times throughout the throughout the the series, but I think his, his most powerful moment is in the second to last episode whenever he Sam goes to visit him and they're talking about the legacy of Captain America and the legacy of black men in America. And, you know, to Isaiah, it's nothing new. Like, he's he's like, this has happened on before and it's going to happen again, right? It's, he's, he's a man who's literally had just his essence beaten from him, from America. Like, America has beaten the just his je ne sais quoi, uh, from this man just because he's a black guy and it's right. awful and it's awful. And then like, he even says the line of like, you know, they're, they're not, history is not going to remember me because they've been stealing our history for 500 years. Right. And that part hit hard and yeah. I'm really glad they did not hold back on it. Cause I was just like, Holy shit. They went there. I'm glad they did go there. Like they didn't be around the bush at all. They dove right in. Uh, just on that line, I was like, oh, man. Like, I had to sit down for a second after that. But were you watching Standing Up? I I was pacing. Shut mm. up, Josh. <laughs> Let me have my dramatic moment. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that scene, like that whole... Was that the same scene where... Uh, because like you said, Jordan, they, they revisited Isaiah a few times. And I, this is leading into putting another pin in this because we're going to go back probably one or two more times. But where uh, Isaiah tells Sam that, you know, no self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. Right. Right. And because that's of kind what of what. Is... And I, yeah. Because of what America has done to the black community for right. literally ever. Has is yeah yeah no josh is exactly right but that's what and i feel like that's where this show is culminating and where this conversation is going to culminate because it's all these threads are going to you know they cross there at the end Mm -hmm. so you know and i really like that we're going through everybody's arc so let's we haven't really touched on sam's arc yet so let's back up to sam now go for it and well (laughs) jordan i'm gonna need help because Look, stuff like this, like <laughs> I really enjoy, and I just have a hard time talking about it because it's, you know, we talked about this last year, race relations. Like this is fairly new to me, just because of how me and Josh were raised and where we were raised, and yeah, like, in the middle of BFE, right. And so the one, this is one of the reasons I wanted to wait to have Jordan on this show, not to put pressure on you, Jordan. You're just <laughs> much more wordy and knowledgeable about this than we are. So, but anyway, backing up to Sam's arc, like up until that moment, I didn't feel like Sam's arc was so much about race, but I mean, in the foreground, because the whole legacy of the shield and, you know, Bucky mentions at the end of the show that him and Steve didn't know what it meant to give a black man the shield of Captain America. Mm -hmm. So like, 
Sam's race arc, I mean, it was always there subtly in the background of the first couple episodes. And, you know, after that yeah, conversation I know that, with Isaac. That first one wasn't really subtle, but yeah, anyways. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, it culminated at that conversation with Isaiah. And yeah. Sam had to make a choice, but like backing up to like the guy with the bank and everything and not existing for five years, like Sam had his own personal arc in this. And like I said, like uh, in Civil War, you know, he, he was his job, like his actual job in the movie was, you know, dealing with the soldiers and the PTSD and everything and makes him a good person, and like knowing who to talk to. And I thought that at the beginning... Uh, him and Carly had very similar stories, like being in the same position, you know, not existing, and then the government uh, mm-hmm. funding what we just talked about, just funding the wrong people and not having a backup plan for these people. Like they mm-hmm. were, and that kind of brought it up into that conversation that Sam was having with Carly when he was, you know, a one on one with her and, you know, saying he understood. He understood where she was coming from. He understood, like, her problems and everything, and just that they were going about it in very different ways. And I, I just like that through those first four episodes or so, they were kind of in the same position. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that back and forth of the whole show. And then, I mean, that was, yeah, <laughs> aside from the race arc. And so Sam gives up the shield because he wasn't comfortable with it in the beginning. I mean, he said at the end of Endgame he wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> just up to that point with Carly, because then we're just leading into that same culmination that everything leads to. And then there's one character that we haven't even mentioned yet. Zemo? Zemo. <laughs> just lighten things up for a second. Zemo, Zemo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite thing was whenever they had broken him out of uh, prison. They broke him out of prison. And he had a private jet waiting for him. And Sam's like, you have a jet? He's like, yeah, I'm a baron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's not just a title. It's just not a fancy name. Yeah. I, like in this whole series of... And we'll, and we'll get to the culmination of all the issues and relations and everything. But like in this whole series of all that, like deep, heavy stuff. I wasn't really expecting Zemo to be the comic relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he was good. And it just made me happy that they didn't kill him at the end of Civil War. Like, they held on to this good villain that I really liked. Like, he was a cool dude in this. So I I felt like I missed something between where he disappeared and when he ended up back on the raft. Oh, what'd you miss? I I watched, like, the the second half of the series two or three times. Well, I I need to rewatch a bunch of shit because there's... A million things going on, obviously. So I mean, I mean, that's why we're having this discussion. But he disappeared, and the next time I've seen him, he was back on the raft. Okay, I'll fill you in. So his arc was also going back to Civil War. I mean, he blew up the UN building that killed uh, T'Chaka. You're doing this for my benefit, or everybody's benefit? Okay. I mean, well, it ties into this because. I mean, because he was posing as Bucky in Civil War when he did that. And then Bucky's the one that breaks him out in this series. And obviously right. this is going to piss off the Wakandans, because then they get involved. Oh, so they, they nabbed him. Yeah. 
So then okay. there's that there's that whole and you know they knew and, Bucky broke him out, but there's there's something going on between Bucky and uh Ayo? Huh? Ayo? Ayo? Is that her name? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I feel like there's uh It's AYO, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce it. There's a definite... There's a backstory somewhere in there. I mean, it did touch on the backstory. She helped him overcome the Winter Soldier in his mind. Right, but I think it's... I I just got a feeling it's a little deeper than that. That's all. Yeah, and... But along those lines, like, the Wakandans trust Bucky because after the events of Civil War, Bucky lived Mm -hmm. in Wakanda. He was the White Wolf Mm -hmm. with them. And so he has that connection there. And so, yes. even though he's the one that broke Zemo out, they trusted his word. No one was hiding anything. They're like, hey, you broke Zemo out. That's not good. And he's like, ah, it's a means to an end. And then they let him do his thing. And then, you know, they had a fight scene between John Walker and the Dora Melange. Dora Melange. Yeah, yeah. Melange. And, uh, which was an awesome fight scene. Which I think was the final tipping point for him. For John to Walker? take the super soldier serum, yeah, for to take the super soldier serum, <laughs> they yeah. because he even super said, soldiers. yeah, it's like they weren't even super soldiers. <laughs> he got his ass kicked. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that was actually a, a really, I really liked that line. Just him days saying they weren't even super soldiers. <laughs> yeah. So after that fight scene, that's when Zemo went El Chapo and escaped under the tub in the bathroom. And then, per a prior conversation he had with Bucky, talking about how, or with Bucky and Sam, talking about how he bets that none of them has even visited the Sokovian Memorial, you know, after they dropped a city on the planet. Yeah. And so, Bucky took that as a hint. Zemo ends up at the memorial, Bucky meets him there, the Wakandans arrest him and take him to the raft. And then... Oh, okay, so th- that might have been a scene where I was using the restroom or something. Oh, Yeah. Because was, I, but, rest, I, I actually have a restroom in my house and, and not just a bathroom. It's right here. There's no bath in it. You just go in there and go, ah, rest. Anyway, but that was a really, you might want to go back and watch that scene because that was a really important scene just for uh, Bucky's arc because okay. it, was, it was kind of in that scene where he not necessarily forgives Zemo but kind of makes amends with him because he, mm-hmm. he, he flat out has a chance to shoot him right in the face and he acts like he does but then. Drops the bullets. The gun wasn't loaded. Uh, the Wakandas take him to the, take Zemo to the raft. And uh, side note, a lot of powerful MCU villains are ending up on the raft. I just wanted to point that out, and I don't think it's a coincidence. Like Who else Zemo, on the raft Z- right now? Zemo's there. Uh, Scorpion and Vulture from Spider-Man are there. Wait, 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 wait. Like. Vulture from Spider-Man, like, what was it, um, Beetlejuice? Yes. Like, like he, Beetlejuice had a little cameo in Winter Soldier? No, no. Michael I just Keaton. Through, through... Thanks. That's <laughs> having a brain fart. <laughs> I was no, going to say Batman, but... <laughs> just through this, you know, the series of movies, we, we know who's ended up on the raft. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one point... Half the Avengers were on the raft. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so that, that wraps up Zemo's story. And then, real quick, I just want to sh- uh, touch on Sharon's story because hers is interesting too. Because she was 
a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent working for the government back in the day. You know, working for S.H.I.E.L.D. She was... It was a Wednesday. It was actually a Thursday. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, you know, she back in Civil War. A lot of this ties back to Civil War. She uh, at one point steals the shield and the Falcon suit for Steve and Sam, and which pretty much makes her an outlaw to the United States government. And she's been on the run ever since. And so we catch up with her in this series, and come to find out, speak. We know we touched on her being the power broker earlier. Mm-hmm. Clearly, she's holding a grudge about what's been, how she's been treated, and her she her character has turned. And I mean, I would too. Yeah, no, <laughs> I would. I would probably hold a grudge too. And that's the thing. Like, I didn't disagree with her at all. I'm, like when she's talking about it, I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that that completely makes sense. And so I think. Let me think. I think we're. I think we're caught up to the culmination point, right? Where just the last episode and a half where everything went down to last two episodes yeah say. yeah so let, let's dive so, into this so the flag smashers are going to make their their big their big push to the the this un meeting in new york right right i don't even know if it's the un i just whatever is i guess representative of this meeting of all these world <laughs> yeah, these yeah, world it, leaders it's, it's the damn it what they call it it was uh the global re something repeat Repatriation uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bas- basically, people were going where where they needed to go to freaking find a life. Right. And then everybody else well, came back, and so the government said, "Well, you motherfuckers need to leave." Right. <laughs> that was the idea of the program. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but whether or not it actually worked out that way, I mean, clearly it didn't. I mean, that's a terrible idea, actually. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Global Repatriation Council, the GRC. Yeah, yeah, GRC. GRC. That's right. Which, so, they're holding the vote, and sounds like not true. I mean, uh, what's the word? I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, so, they're holding the vote on what to do, how to handle the situation. Let's put it that way. Which may or may not, well, which may not be the correct way to handle it. And so, wait, back it up a right, second. And this, this will, oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was just saying this is this is the like a, what becomes the final showdown between the flag smashers and and uh, Sam and Bucky and eventually John Walker, right? Because John Walker, when you see him in this episode, like. The homeboy is out for revenge, but there's like that one moment where he either chooses revenge or to be a decent person, and he chooses to be a decent person for the first time uh, that we see him on screen. But that still doesn't make John Walker not trash. He's still a trash human being. <laughs> He's still <laughs> his 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 entire story arc is white privilege. Like his entire story arc is literally the embodiment of white American privilege. I, no, I completely agree, and. One speaking of that, the one part he had one line. So remember, he was in in the trial where they were, you know, scolding him for the bad decision he made of cutting a man in half with a shield. Right. And th- and a bunch of people caught it on film. 
One th- now on this part, I agreed with him. I didn't feel for him, but I agreed with him, like or understood. Not agreed. Understood where he was coming from. Where he told the senator, "You made me." Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, they did. And now, like, he's right. And they don't want to live with the consequences of exactly. But because he was caught. If he wasn't caught, America would deal with like wouldn't even have to deal with it. They wouldn't even be an issue. Which but loops like, back well, to the John, well, John Walker even says in that in that council meeting or that that hearing, he's like, "I did what you told me to do." Right. <clears throat> and then whenever they're they're but it's like, it's all fun games until it's caught on film. Of course, and you, you know they said, um, or he whenever they were dealing out his sentencing which is like listen just because you've done a great deal of good for this country or a great deal of good for the american uh military or whatever he's like you're not going to go to jail but you're going to be stripped of all your titles and you're going to be dishonorably discharged and in the in the middle of that he just turns and walks away and he just walks out so and but back to the privilege thing you're absolutely right because he did turn and walk away he walked out Got caught on film killing a man, and then like when all this is going on, you think of Isaiah's story and what he did, which was actually heroic, and then the mm-hmm. consequences he got from that. Huh. And one hundred percent that sounds familiar. Right. Well, <laughs> we don't have to beat around That's that bush. So either. weird. So it, no, one hundred percent white privilege embodied in one character. So again, yeah, like I. I <laughs> I could understand his story arc, and his redemption was small and not quite enough. So, and by not quite enough, I mean not enough at all. I'm not. I'm not supposed to like John Walker. Like he, like the care. I'm not supposed to enjoy John Walker's character, right? right? Uh, I think Wyatt Russell did a great job <laughs> playing him because John Walker. <laughs> so, oh so, yeah, no. So he's a great character. I don't like him. Here's <laughs> because he's my a great concern character. for John Walker. Who is he fucking working for now? Wait, we're gonna we'll we'll get to that at the end because I want to talk about that too. Okay. I don't know anything about U.S. Agent. So anyway, so there's this big. So then now we're to the big showdown mm-hmm. where Sam has accepted his role that he is Captain America and he has a sweet suit to prove it. Yeah, it's right next to you. Oh man! So oh, yeah. so when when they gave him the the backpack. Uh-huh. Um, Vanessa got all excited, and I just assumed they gave him his repaired wings back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I like, like that. Like she, she totally fucking, she's like, why aren't you happy? <laughs> she's like, it's his new costume. Like, it's just his wings. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's I, a whole I, new suit. Well, I know, yeah. I know now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Quick, quick, quick side note on the suit. First of all, I love that the new Captain America suit is Wakandan. Mm-hmm. And I like how he used, like, this is, I thought just really creative on the show's part, how he uses the suit with the shield, mm-hmm. like, to give him the super soldier strength, like, mm-hmm. when he launches the jetpack to throw the shield. Yeah. And, like... Like, Sam's just a normal dude. He doesn't need the super soldier serum. He is a super soldier. And and he said, when he was asked if he would take the serum, he said, hell no. 
Mm-hmm. No, no hesitation. Yep. And so one part where I really, uh, along the lines of what I'm saying, how the suit is kind of him and his power, his super soldier power, when he, during this big showdown, when he's fighting Carly, and she is a super soldier, and uh, she goes to hit him, and he holds his shield up, and by doing that and throwing his wings into the ground behind him, that gives him the strength to go up against her. And I thought that was really awesome. Uh, and like, I, I think I think what makes Sam a super soldier, uh, in in the sense of the word super, is like his moral compass too, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Well, right. And, and it, that's and that's what you know. The whole Captain America being a super soldier came from you know his moral compass. They they, mm-hmm. they like shared the same well morals. Yeah. Well, that? it's like Peggy Carter <laughs> said, Steve was a good man. Yeah. Yeah. Sam is a good man, too. I'm going to kick your dog off the podcast. You can hear her growling at me because I'm petting her. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, what was I just going to... Uh, anyway, Jordan was saying what makes Sam a super, a super soldier. Oh, no. Just, again, his moral compass. Like, I... I you know, it's, 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 more, it's more than just the brute strength. Right. John Walker wanted the brute strength like he wanted Mm -hmm. to be the he wanted like where Sam's like, no, I don't want the strength. I want I want like the I I want the moral compass of what I want. I want to be the heart of what Captain America is supposed to be, not the not the strength of what Captain America is supposed to be. Right. Um, But no. So we, we finally get the, the final showdown. Right. And unfortunately, uh, well, I say unfortunately, I, I don't know why I said that, but through the weird twist of events, as Bucky and Sam are trying to put down all the ancillary flag smashers, it's revealed that Sharon Carter is the power broker, and she and Carly have a back and forth, and it's her, and it's Sharon Carter that kills uh, Carly, mm-hmm. right? And, it's, and it, it almost seems like it's very anticlimactic. It's like, oh, okay, well then, but but she killed Carly to save her own secret, right? Right. And then once Carly's body is brought up, all of the GRC, uh, the heads of the GRC are all with the security, and well, they were they were rescued, right? Because they were all filed into that that armored truck, so they were all rescued, but they're also being tended to by all of the. Um, I guess the EMTs and are guarded by the security and et cetera. And then there's this whole big conversation that's started by the, the leaders of the GRC going, well, you know, we can, we can have our, our men move on to, you know, move on as planned uh, at the drop of a hat, just say the word. And Sam was like, no, don't, don't you understand? Like what you're doing is actually hurting people and not helping people. What the hell was that? Ocean. Okay. Right. <laughs> and like the, the his whole speech is just about how all of these governments that these people are in charge of are just mm-hmm. failing or 100% failing all of the people of that those countries and the world is going to be worse off for it if they don't realize that they can take this money and reinvest in those countries and those people and then once you lift those people up then the rest of the country gets lifted up too right it's not it's 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 not um, you know invest in a few. It's in no like help everyone, right? 
and it was a, a lot of uh, perspective uh, differences in that. I thought that whole conversation was fantastic because uh, the senator guy called the Flag Smashers terrorists, and Sam mm-hmm. said, yo, you got to stop calling them terrorists. And then yeah. he points out that this GRC is going into these other countries and, you know, armed guards to move people. And what do you think that they're calling the GRC? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're armed soldiers rounding people up. To that, to those people, they're the terrorists. Right. It's kind of and, like that scene in uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith when Obi Wan and Anakin are fate. You know, they're about to show down, and then Anakin's like, "Well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil." Yeah, right? it's kind of it's it's kind of like that. Well, it depends on who's being wronged. You're going to have a different point of view. Exactly. And of course, you know someone's going to think they're right. And in this uh, in this case, it's the people with the money and the guns. Right. And if and if the GRC continued continued on uh, doing what they did, they were they were only going to uh, make Carly a, you know, a bigger a bigger martyr for the movement, which is at this point worldwide. Right. And so, towards the end there that became Carly's plan. Like she knew that if she died, like she said that if she dies, the movement will continue. Right. And, and like and it's bigger than her now. Sam even said something like, if you, if you continue on with what you're doing, you're just going to make more Carly's. You're just going to make an, a, the, the next Carly's going to pop up. And then when you take care of that Carly, the next Carly's going to pop up. So like it's, it's a slippery slope. And, and uh, that's making a martyr. Right. Exactly. And martyr after martyr. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, which, which is actually what we're, we've been dealing with in the Middle East for the last twenty fucking oh yeah no years. like there was <laughs> real years? world parallels <laughs> 40, 50, 70. but well, no like okay the... yeah yeah no you're, you're absolutely right I'm sorry uh, more yeah, than that right. because um, point I, I, point I, being the social commentary of the scene it was just you know. A government should help its people, not only the cert- a certain group of people within those governments. Right. And then in that same scene, in that same conversation, uh, Sam brought up the point of him being a black Captain America and how people aren't going to like that. And even right now, he can feel the stares and feel the hatred. And I was like, like that scene was intense in the best way. But, uh, yeah. And so, and at that point, all the news cameras are on him. And as he's saying this, Isaiah is watching it on t- live on TV. Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe for the first time in forever, actually feeling pride for Captain America. Maybe the right. only time. And yeah. Oh, along these same lines, there was one line that I want to jump backwards real fast because it actually it completely goes hand in hand with this scene. Uh. Uh, when Carly and Sam were fighting, I, w- I watched this twice. I don't know why, but it hit me really hard each time. I almost cried. I'll say it. I almost cried. Where Carly knocks Sam down, he gets up, and she yells at him to stay down. And all he says is no. And I I just thought that was a really powerful scene. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just ties right back into, like, look, Sam is Captain America. And just how much that represents, and how he didn't stay kind, down. Kind of like that. I can do this all day type of thing. 
Yeah. Yeah, like it tied into that and just, uh, it, 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 it was one word and it was amazing. And so that's not the only fantastic solo speech that Sam gets in this episode. And I'm going to pass this one on to Jordan because then Sam I, goes and visits Isaiah. Yeah, so after Sam goes and visits Isaiah and says, you know, uh, get ready, I have somewhere to take you. And, you know, flash forward, he takes Isaiah to the Smithsonian where there's an exhibit on super soldiers. And he shows Isaiah that there is now an exhibit in the Smithsonian that accurately tells the story of Isaiah Bradley within the context of of this super soldier exhibit. And Isaiah Bradley is finally justified for all the shit that he was put through. And you see, like, there's a statue of him. There's his story on the museum context panels. And it just, it emote like, it brings him to tears because finally, finally he gets, he gets his story told the way, the way it should be told. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, vindication is the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Not, not justification, but vindication is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So... And that that's something that hit hard for me. I don't know, like, if, if, listener, if you are listening this far in, uh, I've said many times before that I have a background in history, but I also sp- specifically used to work in museum education, and I specifically taught about in American enslavement. So a lot of like a lot of this stuff really really hit hard, and I I know the weight of all of these themes in the show like i know somebody who who doesn't know the history of enslavement and the history of segregation and jim crow etc uh it might not get the same context or might not get the same out of the show but i i felt i felt the vindication of isaiah bradley at the end of this episode yeah josh i feel like (laughs) the people that don't know the history of American enslavement, Jim Crow laws, and all that stuff. I feel like those are the ones that got mad at the last episode. I'm just, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, I they think, could have. I feel like people probably do know the history, but I don't think they know. Like they know what they were taught, and what they were taught probably is <sighs> right. what, what we were taught in school is very for. You know what? Not lack of a better term. There's not a better term than this. Whitewashed. Well, no, you're exactly right. No, no. But... I mean, that's that's the perfect phrase for that. <laughs> and which is exactly what Isaiah Bradley in this show said when he said they've been erasing our history for 500 years. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. But uh, what you said about the people getting mad, learning it, like learning about it, like. I think it just depends on the person because the person could either take it and look more into it. Like last year, I learned about the Tulsa, Oklahoma bombings from Watchmen. That's the first I've ever heard of it. Because wait, Tulsa bombings? Black so, Wall Street. Yeah, it's called uh, Black Wall Street. Look it up. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you didn't watch the Watchmen TV show, you're not going to know because of the, exactly what you just said. Our history was well, to us in a very plus, right? Yeah. As, uh, but that's how I learned about it. And so I felt... Is it safe to watch on my 
my flights here in the new f near future? Uh, I mean, I've never seen it, so I don't know. If I I'm think serious, so. It, like, is blue guy gonna be freaking hanging out with his dick out again? I mean, sometimes, yeah. He it shows him in flat, so yeah, maybe, maybe don't watch it on the flight. Okay, it's brief. I, I've only I'm only no, halfway no, through the show. He's not briefs at all. <laughs> That's true. Like I'm only halfway through the show, and I I, need, I really need to finish it. But it, yeah, it does show him in flashbacks because the show takes place a ways after the the, the comic story. Right. Because it's a sequel to the comics, not a sequel to the movie, which is exactly the same. It might as well have been anyway. But so what you were saying though, like I I, I kind of feel like this series kind of had that same tone as that first episode of Watchmen where it did expose this to a very broad audience. And you know how, how each person's going to react to that is dependent on that person. And I'm hoping that they'll research it and look into it. Like this fictional comic book series just laid down a lot of truth, right? Mm -hmm. And something, uh, the big argument after this, like because of all, like all the shitty white people and racists were mad about a black Captain America, uh, the big counter argument to a lot of this is keep your politics out of my comic books, as if, <laughs> as if to say or they think that politics in everyday life was never present in their comic books prior to this. I right. can trace back all the history. I did a summer camp with with my kids at the history center. And I did a, a history of comic books camp where I showed them how topical comic books have always from the first superhero of Superman all the way mm -hmm. to today, all the way to Civil War through 9-11 with the Patriot Act. Like, like Superman and Captain America are products of, of Nazi Germany and, and American, America entering the war. The X-Men are an allegory for the civil rights movement of the early 1960s. Well, specifically well, the 1960s, but the civil rights movement had been going on for, for decades prior to that. Right, but, and, and then they became an allegory for the LGBT Yeah, yeah, and now... Yeah. Right, well. it's, it's the same idea, though, right? Like, it's, no, no, yeah. totally the same idea. In, in the mm -hmm. comic books, you know, the X-Men were othered for being different. And, in you know, whenever the X-Men were created in 63... Dr. Martin Luther King was was making his I have a dream speech, right? So like the the African American community was being othered by by the white supremacists of the time. And today with the LGBT uh, IA plus community, like they're they're being othered, but right it's it's civil rights, but it's it's the same idea but with a, a different community of people. Correct. Mm. And if these people are like if, if they want to say keep the politics out of the comics, like, all these stories in this series, like Sam becoming Captain America, the story of Isaiah Bradley, these are all literally just pulled right from the comics. Mm -hmm. They were already there. They're in the comics. But, but, mm -hmm. but Jake, these, these are the same people that got pissed in the last six months that when they found out that Rage Against, Rage Against the Machine <laughs> was a liberal band. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, I bet half the people that were saying this are big fans of X Men. Yeah, it's just so, like so, I mean, I mean, Jesus, I mean, Marvel's 
Marvel's been a trailblazer for fuck <clears throat> 30, 40 years now. 60 or 70. I mean, okay. it goes all the way back to the original Captain America. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, it was actually actually Captain America's first appearance was uh, was pre-Marvel. Yeah, it was... Timeless uh, comics. Yeah, that's the one. I was going to say action comics, but that was Superman. Uh, but yeah, and on top of all this, I, I love how... Uh, whoever made the show definitely knew that this was going to make people mad. And circling back to that speech Sam was having with the senator saying that he can already feel the stares and the hatred of having a black Captain America. Like, they they came out preemptive right in the show. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Uh, so I, I also watched it. So I watched it by myself, and I also watched it with my kids. Mm-hmm. And this resonated so hard with them, but in a completely different way. My kids... You know, they're 10 and 6. They know nothing about race relations. But they friggin' love the new Captain America. And this action figure I'm holding, this isn't mine. It's for Gavin. Like, nice. he, we finished the last episode. He's like, Dad, will you buy me a Captain America toy? Like, the Sam Captain America? I was like, heck yeah, I will. And so, I mean, he gets this tomorrow because it came in the mail today. And Nice. Nice. Like, Sam as Captain America is his new favorite and I just love that like the younger generations that like it touched them in a whole different way because like I said they're young they don't know about race relations yet and I like to think I've raised them in a way where you know they don't have to I mean so I, I, I think... hold on how am I trying to put this raise them in a way where like they're not going to have a racist bone in their body does that make sense because yeah yeah, Racism is learned. Backing up to Cap- Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I loved how at the end of the episode, the title changed to Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Not to be confused yeah. with Captain America the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so uh, I liked how it ended there. Uh, wrapping up two quick other story arcs outside of the just Bucky's PTSD story arc where he finally came clean to his, you know, his old, old man friend, which... Mm-hmm. That was rough. Can you imagine? Well, it was closure for both of them. Yeah. Which and, and it sucked for both of them. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But then when he walks by the bar later on, and he sees sees his friend in there. You know, having a good time, having shots with that with the uh, the girl he went on the, a date with earlier. The cute girl. Yeah. That that mm-hmm. they joked about being over a hundred years old, and she laughed and <laughs> didn't realize that he was actually over a hundred years old. Yeah, completely serious. Mm-hmm. And then John Walker becoming U.S. agent. I know nothing about U.S. agent. Is he a good guy? Yeah. Or is he like an anti-hero? Uh, he's like he's kind of like an anti-hero. Okay. He's kind of like he's he's essentially what they set him up to be. Like like you're not Captain America. You're something else. So just be the something else. All right. But he was super excited about it. He's like I'm I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, but he still did a lot of shitty things. Yeah. He still lied to Lamar's parents, family, about his death. Oh, right. He still... Yeah. Uh, he still killed a dude in cold blood with the Captain <laughs> America shield. Like, he's he's still a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he still like I said. privilege the character. <laughs> Great character. <laughs> Don't like him. It, it, and I'm, uh... You know, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus's character, I'm... I'm very uncertain about, and I think I'm pretty sure she's a really bad guy. 
Well, we'll find out. Yeah, like an, an, another character. I, I know nothing, nothing about her character. Yeah, no, yeah. same. Me neither. <laughs> she just seemed bad. I mean, she's got the whole purple hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a total sign. Sign of a baddie. Just, yeah, just, just especially like Marvel, because we, we got... <laughs> just like we, Agatha. <laughs> yeah, well, not only that, but um, what's his name in damn... Uh, the 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 female private detective superhero chick on Netflix. Oh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, her. You know, Doctor Who on that show. Yeah. Well, and Zemo. Yeah, and Zemo too. Yeah, forgot about that. Holy shit! It was the same show. I mean, the same show as we were talking about all day. Oh. And Thanos! Thanos is purple! Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Wait, well, have I never noticed well, it? Is this really a thing? Yeah, all the Marvel bad guys have purple, like Magneto. Was it Ronan purple? Who? Yeah, Ronan was purple in the comic books. Or was uh, I don't... In the movie, he was black and blue. In the comic books, I want to say he was black and purple. Alright. Green Goblin in the comics? No, I mean... Green's Green's just a typical. No, no, Green Goblin. He's got the purple hat and the purple. Oh yeah, yeah. See, like I wasn't. Either was purple. Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) So yeah, Elaine has purple hair. So there you go. Uh, So final thoughts on the show. It is fantastic, and I'm very excited for Captain America Four. I just, I mean, I I think it's genius how they how they wove in all of the all of the real world themes into a superhero universe. Well, and yeah. And along those lines, like they did a fantastic job at that. And then in WandaVision, I love how they, you know, really dive del- dove into like grief and pain, like with mm-hmm. and how to handle that. So now I'm sitting there going, what the hell is Loki going to be about? So, so, here's uh, I, no, I, so I, I think it's going to be about accountability. That'd be great. So, but um, today is uh, May 3rd. Tomorrow, here in, Jesus, here in an hour, <laughs> um, Bad Batch drops. Yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a month after Bad Batch, we get Loki. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, it comes out in June. Right, that's a month after Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, and then in July we get the Black Widow, allegedly. Hopefully for real this time. <laughs> right. So, anyway, now, hey. I'll, I'll be honest, if it's offered on the uh, Disney Plus. It will be. Plus. The Premier Access. Just, yeah, that's the one. I'm just I'm just dropping the money for that. I'll probably, I, with Raya and The Last Dragon, I saw it in the theater and then bought it on Premier Access. Because I'll be like, this is great. It deserves my money. I yeah. think. Uh, do you get Do you get a digital copy of that as well when you pay for it, or is it just access to it until it gets on Disney Plus? I, I mean, it, it's action. yours forever. If it ever leaves <laughs> Disney Plus, then they decide. Oh, okay. Amazon pulled a shitty on me once, so. Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I think you get it for as long as they feel like you deserve it. Okay. So I might I might actually venture back. I might actually venture back into the theater for Black Widow because I haven't seen a movie in the theater since Rise of Skywalker. Holy shit. I haven't seen a movie mm-hmm. in the theater since 
Godzilla versus Kong was like three weeks ago. Man. So, <laughs> anyway, hey, that's our show. We are the Mickey Mutineers, and you've been listening to us. And for two you've been, hours, you've, you've been listening to three white dudes talk about a show about race. <laughs> but we have a guy that knows about it. <laughs> uh, even then, I'm still a white dude. <laughs> yeah. And so thanks for listening to us. And I, I, I feel like it was a pretty serious episode, so I don't really have a witty sign off. <laughs>